I forgot what I was going to say. Welcome to the Haters of Lovers podcast. This is Russell signing in. Got Lucky Lefty on the track. And today we have another special guest. We are introducing the one the only. We are do- introducing Purdy. Mr. Tall T himself. Tell him about him. <laughs> Purdy Purr from the 33rd of this thing. With the Air Forces. No. Actually, I didn't wear Air Forces. I wore Reebok classes. There you uh, go. I kept the soldier Soldier you did wear tall tees, though. I did wear tall tees. I did. Airbrush tall tees. And, you know, the sweatshorts have come back now. Those are a hot thing. Oh, yeah. I felt like that was a Florida thing that I tried to bring up to Tennessee, but people just didn't jump on. You were were just ahead of your time. That's all (laughs) it was. (laughs) So, man, tell us a little bit about yourself. What you got going on? Uh, Life, man. Just enjoying life, you know. Uh, Appreciate you guys bringing me in here. This is kind of... Unexpected. Well, you only stayed two minutes away. <laughs> this is true. But my to wife, be fair, my... we, you were one of the people that we talked about beforehand bringing y'all. Uh, now, the manner we went about it probably could have been a little bit more yeah, planned out. But... Could have gave me a heads up. My wife was like, hey, Russell and Marlita are coming over. <laughs> okay, cool. Let me, let me mow the lawn so, you that's, know. That's marriage, I guess. Yeah, I know, that's right? Find out that. I was like, let me mow the lawn so Russell doesn't talk about me. And <laughs> then, yeah, I did. <laughs> I'm still sweating from it. <laughs> I literally, yeah, it just got done. I was like, I don't need this man talking about me. So I mowed my lawn. And he Russell was like, hey, what you got going on? Just hanging out. You want to come over to Nick's? We're doing the podcast. I was like, sure, I'll sit in and thinking I'm just going to listen in on it and things. And he was like, hey, Purdy, pull up a seat. So <laughs> and there I am. And welcome to the Love Us Pie. Completely unprepared. So, so uh, well, thank you for coming over. We appreciate it. Look forward to the input. Uh, yeah, man, it's been uh, about a week or so since we recorded trying to get on this new schedule. So yeah. glad that Nick invited me back over to his humble abode. I... Uh, Long money, Nick has not purchased a new table yet, but it's probably because he's been flying out. And but I got gorilla glue, so <laughs> I'm not gonna buy a new table when I can just super glue it back together. So since the last time we recorded, Nick, what you been up to? Like Purdy said, life, just life. working, uh, trying to trying to live the dream, trying to be successful. What is the dream? What is you? I hear people say living the dream. What is the dream? Well, I just is it make America great again? <laughs> now that that's not my dream. I mean, that's a dream. But that somebody. is a dream. <laughs> Somebody's dream. dream. It's just waking up with no worries. Waking up and do whatever. Akuna Matata. Akuna Matata. Have you seen that yet? Nah, I haven't seen it. But I keep on hearing mixed reviews about it. So that, and and then also Beyonce is in it. She's probably top five worst actresses. <laughs> <laughs> she's trash. Have you seen it yet, Purdy? I haven't. But Beyonce isn't acting in general, right? She's you would a think. Voice you would think. I mean, because yeah. we've seen her and her acting yeah. abilities. Fail before so you think like voiceover is a failure? Trash. Is what you're I've seen it. <laughs> so let's just say when you listen to Beyonce talk in general in interviews, mm-hmm. she doesn't elicit the belief that she's a strong reader. So <laughs> voiceover work, work may not be <laughs> the best. Ralper, <laughs> she's a hell of a performer. It I'll seems, give her that. It uh, seems like but, if I wrote something right now, handed it to you. And told you, hey, we're gonna one take it. So you're gonna read from this script. Yeah. I still think you would have done a better job than what she did. And I'm pretty sure she practiced. That's sad. And then No, the, I, it couldn't be that bad. It's, it's that I mean, bad. first of all, we know she's it's bad, bad as an actress. So her reading a script is just not her forte. <laughs> really? Let's put that out there. But like she got this mm. role because she's Beyonce. Yeah. Not because she killed the Killed the wrong. <laughs> I'm pretty sure there's a lot of other. Is the beehive gonna be willing to admit that, or you think that? I've seen some admitting it. Yeah, I've and seen... that's when you know it's bad. 
Oh. <laughs> Not all of them. They're still, they're largely silent. Mm-hmm. Which tells yeah, you everything yeah. you need to know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen a Beyonce did that post. Yeah. So, I mean, the movie's been out 10, 11 days at this yeah. point. You would already yeah. seen it. So, well, that should indicate something, mm-hmm. man. Yeah, man. So, uh, what about you, Russell? What you what you got going on? Um, tell us, tell us what's going on in in, in Russ Pimpin' world. <laughs> Remember that AOL name? <laughs> That's still my uh, my my username on eBay. So that tells you how long I've had that account. But man, no. So I have been full fledged in football now. Like it's go time. So what do you us. coach? Um, that's not really people's business, but uh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I coached at the the best high school in the in the nation. Oakland high School. Oh. I mean, <laughs> the the defending six A state champions, okay. number twenty four ranked team in the nation. You know, a little light work we uh, pulled off last so year. But that's three other teams better than you. Yeah, I mean, according to rankings, but they didn't want to see us on the field. But but do you do you no. coach a, a certain position? So I coach the running backs for uh, the freshman squad, and then I help out on Friday nights with the game day stuff. So uh, we operate separate schedules and all of that stuff, but really operate as one unit too. Just trying to get these boys ready for Friday nights with these uh, freshman games. But I love it. I love that age group. They come in not really feeling themselves yet. Um, they're coachable, but at the same time, like we're putting in real concepts. Like this is real football. It isn't like a dumbed down version, like, you know, younger ages. So so if anybody wanted to check out a game, when is the first game of the season? Uh, we play Hendersonville. Uh, it will be three weeks from Thursday. In Hendersonville or is it local? That is a great question. I will get with the schedule and we'll have another podcast out by the time. <laughs> but no, man, so we're in, uh, we start full pads Monday. So we've been in what's called shell. So essentially just your shoulder pads and helmets. Um, but we're full pads Monday. So we are a full go. Um, and then that's really for the most part uh, about it. Just excited to get going. Oh, and I quit my job. Oh, okay. Oh. That's a dream. <laughs> so you're living a dream right now. Well, you know, Ryan quit his job last week. Well, or last uh, pod. He seemed like he just do things on the whim. You <laughs> seem like he also thought out. It was. Uh, had a better opportunity. Things aren't weren't going the way that I wanted at my last job. But it was that job came in at the right time. It was a blessing. Allowed my family to finish where we're at, and we're moving on to new things. So, so I just thought that was. A fun way to announce that. <laughs> so your new nickname would be Six Figure Russell. All right. Uh, uh, so what are we talking about today? Well, you don't want to know what Purdy's been up to lately, or I mean, we just uh, kind of. No, it's cool. Don't worry. Purdy hasn't been up to anything. <laughs> yeah. It's cool. He's not important. We're gonna have a guest and not that, ask him stuff. That was his opportunity. There's a reason right? why you're to be Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the fan favorite. You, you ride my coattail. Your mom is your only fan. Man, I guarantee you, everybody's tuning in. Ninety percent of people tuning in for me. <laughs> if you say so. All right. Uh, oh, what was I about to say? I don't remember. You don't know because you're not you're new to this. <laughs> I've been doing this, huh? I'm the one that keeps this podcast on on track. I'm the one that gives us some. You nothing without me. <laughs> so who does all the like? It sounds like you do all the mixing and mastering, like I the do production, that. the cutting. I, do, I put the stuff together. I lead the podcast. Nick basically shows up, talks, and then it's like, hey, let me know what All right, look. so Steve Kerr puts the game plan together, you know, but Steph Curry makes a shot. Oh, we're going to talk about this right now? You won't even share a social media post so we can get attention man, to the podcast. I'll How's that make you feel? And thank you. <laughs> Somebody cares about how I feel. Thank you. This is about to be the Russell and Purdy podcast. Look, man, I'm up here to put up shots and, and score. That's my job. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, no, Nick and I have no beef. 
just wanted to squash that on the air. <laughs> this is where we talk about our problem because I don't like talking it during the week. I've said this once or twice. I don't feel like people believe. Oh, me. He's not lying. I if I could avoid talking to Nick for the rest of my life, I would. I can see when you text him, you like. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like he does that in my face all the time. Just that, that look that so you, the people can't see the look that you just made, but that look I've got like, so many times over the years. Like, <sighs> well, if we're doing that, it's because Purdy and I are very similar in our ability to argue our points, and we're very similar in our belief in our points. So whenever we come to our 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 belief or whatever we're talking about, our opinion, it's going to be very hard for you to sway us from that standpoint. From that, so y'all viewpoint. both stubborn. And the other—that's well, a way to. The, I mean, that's what my wife tells me, but I don't know. The problem, the the biggest problem with that is that uh, when Purdy and I argue, we're usually on opposite sides of the argument. Like Purdy and I are hardly ever in agreement. With the trivial things that we're arguing about, like major things, I would love to be a part of that argument. You, just to see, no, because they go, they can go on for two hours, and they can, like it can get to I, the point where yeah. we're yelling and people think we're mad, and we're both like, yeah. whatever. I, we went to a, what is that Minerva Avenue? Yep, and argued about <laughs> um, who had the more know. successful career, Rick Ross or uh, <laughs> Rick Ross Ti? Ti, Rick Ross or Ti? We're over here googling like hey, who sold more albums, record sales. <laughs> I'm over here looking at tour dates, trying to see who sold more tickets. <laughs> that one didn't pan out, though I couldn't find the data that I needed to support my my thesis that Rick Ross was a better rapper. Well, so. at, least, at least y'all are not going just off by memory. Y'all are actually researching. No, this oh, topic. and that's the best part about it. Like, we'll stop the middle. And it, it's not just a Purdy and Russell conversation, usually. It's like a conversation that involves, like, 10 people. And then, like, we just steal the spotlight because nobody else really knows what they're talking about. So <laughs> we'll pull up, like... Facts and stuff like that to support it. Um, but yeah, man. So talking about the weekend, we are moving on to. I want to talk about the NFL for a little bit. Training Bye. camp has started. We're here. We're go time. The um, the second most exciting sport in all of sports. Oh, besides college football, baseball. <laughs> Come on, man. Come on, man. <laughs> it's like me, you, and like two of our other friends that watch baseball. <laughs> yeah, because right. yeah. I surely don't. You actually turned it on to the baseball a second ago. I did. And, and he gave that same like, blow. He was like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, well, I can't have a conversation about what's going on on yeah. TV right now. No, uh, I do. Only thing I like about football, besides the Eagles, is fantasy football. Other than that, yeah. so. Even with fantasy football, that kind of time, that, I believe that brings a lot of people to the sport. Um, it now, unfortunately, makes a lot of people feel like they're experts in the sport, but that's neither here nor there. But training camps are here. Uh, the Hall of Fame game, I believe, is next weekend. Wow. Um, coming up. So, like, we're here. We're full-fledged exhibitions. Um, we talked about high school starting up. College is about a month out at this point from live games. So, they're in camps as well. So, it's about to be football mania over the next – Few weeks, yeah, few man. months. Yeah. So coming off of last year, who do y'all feel like is gonna have a big year? Team wise, player wise, who y'all watching? Who's on your radar? I want to see if Mahomes can repeat what he did. Was, let's talk about that. That was. I'm glad you brought that up. I thought about that earlier this week and then forgot to text you. So that's perfect. So I want to ask both of you guys. We know that he accomplished something that was unheard of. 55 touchdowns. I think it was what 10 interceptions, 11 interceptions, something like that. Some unheard of ratio. If he takes what, – what would you consider taking a step back this year? Like, and is that number still a crazy number? And what I'm asking you is, like, 
if he comes in this year and throws 39 touchdowns, which is still a great year by everybody's standard, is that a step back or is that just the court or everything evening out? To me, anything he does is probably going to be a step back. But it's still going to be elite. And if he throws 39 touchdowns, to me, that's still elite for the year. I think it's what he can do or where he can take Kansas City, right? Mm-hmm. A step a step back, he can throw 39 touchdowns and they win a Super Bowl, and that won't be a step back for him. Um, so I think that, you know, him putting up all the individual accolades and all the numbers, if he can take Kansas City to a Super Bowl and win a Super Bowl, then, you know, regardless of if he reaches that 55 touchdowns or not, that's going to be success. But he has set the bar high for yeah. himself. So what? So what? To your point, what if he he has a, a outstanding season, but they don't they they get put out first round in the, the playoffs? Is that that's a step a back step on him? Back. But let's say back. what if he threw sixty touchdowns? That's what I was about to say. And, his that's, deep, and that's tough. But when you're a quarterback, but how is it? That is how is it a step back for him? Let's say in the playoff first round, he puts up his team puts up forty points. His defense mm-hmm. gets up fifty. Mm-hmm. How is that a step back from him or is this a step back from the team? Yeah. So in my eyes, I'd say he did what he had to do. But the reality of the situation is the media and the fans and everybody in, in public opinion will say Mahomes couldn't get it done. I'm going to say I'm going to use a perfect example. And, and Russell can probably attest to this. It was a game a few years back with the, the Cowboys and the Broncos with Tony Romo. I think he had like five touchdowns or something crazy mm-hmm. like that. And he had an outstanding game, mm-hmm. but he threw a pick at the end. And then and everybody, everybody was blaming choker, right? Romo. Yeah. But he had an outstanding game. The defense mm-hmm. just didn't do their part. Exactly. But that one interception, they put the whole blame on Tony Romo. So yeah. in a case of that, who's really to blame? Like, if the defense is giving it up. It wasn't Romo. Yeah, he that's, shouldn't that's be what the I'm blame. Saying. So like, he shouldn't be the blame. Media, it's, easy, it's easy to remember the last – point of something like exactly let's say lebron james hits 30 points in a row in the third quarter but misses two free throws in the fourth quarter then the blame is lebron james two free throws there's always a blame on the last thing that happens in the game so in a sense with mahomes if he puts up outstanding numbers but other like let's say the running back fumbles Mm -hmm. and they lose the game because of that can we say it's because of Mahomes, or they will say that now? Now, but is what, what that can a person true? do? I, exactly, I agree with that point. Yeah. But there's going to be some sort of fallout with the media, and the media are going to attach themselves to Mahomes and say, "Mahomes, this is that's a bigger story because that's a bigger story, and he's the quarterback." And you know, I'm gonna take it back to Dan Marino, right? <laughs> and you know. Everybody can agree he's one of the greatest quarterbacks that ever played, but that, the fact that he never won a ring is going to tarnish his legacy. Yeah. And that's going to tarnish his season for Mahomes if he can do he can throw 55 touchdowns and then get knocked out in the first round. So that would be a step back, even though he threw 55 touchdowns. He could have thrown five touchdowns that game and still lost. Yeah. So I what's mean, your thoughts? I think Russell? for me, I don't know that he can take a a step back without – uh, to, I'm going to judge a step back by a substantial increase in interceptions. But to your point, to, to your point, that was a, a metric that he had the highest rate of should be interceptions dropped. Mm-hmm. So to your point, I think you will see an increase in interceptions because 
he's prone to throw them. They're just not catching him. I, I, it could be a test that he throws so hard. Yeah, but you also have to look at the fact that he was a first-year starter too. So mm-hmm. you also balance that out by hopefully he's learned something. Yeah. And and going into the second year, that's this between the second and third year. I think is when you're supposed to make the biggest jump. But you're supposed to make a substantial jump going into the second year. Although we're seeing some cases of people having a sophomore slump coming back that third year, but that's neither here nor there. So. For me, I'm going to judge his interceptions. I think he's got one of the best offensive minds ever. That's his uh, his coach. I think that he's got all the weapons that he can use or, or everything that he needs right there in Kansas City. So if he starts throwing more interceptions, and I'm going to look at, like Purdy said, are they losing? Are they – you know, I don't expect them to come out and go be undefeated and blowing the world out and that same start they had. But in the playoffs, does he come out and go 14 for 57? And you know what I'm saying? Like, does he have a bad game like that? Does he wilt under pressure? That's what I'm looking for for him. But he had no pressure well, in my opinion. Last I mean, he year. went into Foxborough and went eye to eye with the Patriots and mm-hmm. held his own. You know, like that throw he made on a fourth down against the Ravens. Yeah, like, like he's been battle tested time and time again <laughs> and came up top. So, so for me, I think as so long as he has you know a decent year, like he he throws between 35 and 40. I would say 40 is a realistic number. Like, I would aim for him to throw about offense, yeah. 40, interse- uh, 40 touchdowns this year. And he keeps it about 10 interceptions the lower. I feel like that he did. I wouldn't say that he digressed. Now, if he gets down to around 30 and then he throws 14 interceptions, now we're like, okay, what's well, happening? Well, let's say their offense changes. Let's say the running back, you know, has a more touchdowns. Let's say they, he has – Damian Williams has 15 touchdowns. Or they – you know, what would that – as long as he has good, decent numbers, like kind of Drew Brees, the year he it, it, he had an off year, but he didn't have a bad year. It's just they defaulted to the running back a little bit more. So yeah. is that technically a bad? Uh, did he have an off year, or he just they changed the game plan? I don't see their coach though. Well, yeah, I mean, doing that. I'm but, just saying. I in mean, general. let's say in a hypothetical situation, if Damien just started snapping, no, because it's relative, but they're also going to be winning. Yeah. Like that goes hand in hand. Like if if he is snapping and they're losing. Guess who's throwing the ball more? That's what they're going to go back to. That's what they believe in. So, you know, they're winning and it goes hand in hand. I mean, if they're, you know, 13 and 0 through 13 games or whatever, then you can't there's say nothing you can really yeah. <laughs> So, okay, so not to spend too much time on Mahomes, but who who's your favorites this year? Um, asking you and Purdy. Like, who who do y'all see? What's your sleeper? And who do you see kind of in the Super Bowl this year? So I think you until somebody knocks them off of the throne, I'm going to always default to the Patriots. Like, I mean, if you have to bet any amount of money that matters to you, you're going to bet on the Patriots being in the Super Bowl. I mean, it's just a smart – it's a one and two chance at this point <laughs> of them playing the Super Bowl. And then at that point, you're basically waiting on the best coach ever or arguably the best coach ever. You're giving to retire. Him two weeks to prepare for you to beat whoever comes out of the NFC. Now, it can happen. We've seen it happen a couple of times. But more than likely than not, he's going to win. Yeah. So the thing that you're watching there is when does Brady start to regress? Does he start to regress? I mean, when? At some point in time, you would hope. Or he's going to, but, but he's it's, it's hard to now. say when that is because he's still playing at an elite level. Yeah. I mean, so I'm going to default to the Patriots coming out of the AFC. And then the NFC, I mean – I look for the Eagles to bounce back, um, especially having their quarterback, their their guy back this year. Him being healthy is the key to that. You, I mean, you can't really discount the Rams. 
um, especially with Gurley having more time to come back. You can't really discount the Saints. Um, I really having Zeke all year. I really don't think you can discount the uh, the Cowboys, especially if you really analyze the way that defense played last year. So, with all that being said, go Cowboys. I knew it. I knew it was coming. What about you? Well, all the smart people that I listen to seem to be saying the Eagles have the best shot at the Super Bowl this year. Um, on paper, I'm, on paper, okay. yeah, they look pretty good. I just listen to a bunch of smart people and regurgitate what they say. (laughs) So I'm going to say the Eagles and probably the Patriots. Like you said, Tom Brady hasn't shown any kind of regression. And you sit there and you wait and you wait and you wait for it. And every year he just performs at an elite level. And, you know. And and, and the funny thing to to y'all point is that he'll start off the first two games slow. And everybody like, oh, Tom Here Brady. Here it is. Here it is. He's finally regressed. And then he'll go 40 touchdowns, three interceptions for the rest of the 14 game. Yeah. And you're like, okay, well, I guess he's never going. And then he does it with receivers like that played on our intramural team. I ain't going to mm-hmm. lie to you. I've looked up the TB12 methods because I need to know what's going on. <laughs> the TB12 like, method. Yeah, he's got his own method. Like, he don't lift really? weights. He just stretches. Like, it's, he's got a book out about it. Oh, really? Seriously. No, I'm, I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that either. So, okay, y'all remember when uh, they had that big issue about his personal guy trying, mm-hmm. or trying to heal Edelman yeah. and all those guys? Yeah. It's because what happened was his personal guy set up an office one, he had one in the facility, yep, and then he I had one across that. the street, essentially. And they were doing the TB12 method. So instead of, like, healing and doing the stuff that the trainers would tell them to do, they were going to this guy and going around him, <laughs> <laughs> essentially. Wow. So, But, yeah, he got a whole book around there. I brought that up to say, like, dude, I'm 33, about to be 34 in a month or so. Like, I'll wake up in the morning and my neck will be hurting. And I didn't dude. do anything but go to sleep. I'm hurting now. <laughs> like, I, I, I kid you not. I was in the gym doing curls on Monday <laughs> and, and, and snapped my neck. It felt like I was out for a week. I was out for a week. And I don't know what happened. I, did, I was doing curls and my neck went out. I did shoulders this morning and pulled, pulled something in my back. I can hear you went <laughs> so better. Crazy. I ain't ran full speed since the uh, NFL draft was here. When I popped my hips and run the 40. <laughs> Bro, you talking about in April? Yeah, it's still tight. <laughs> to this day. <laughs> And this man, 42 years old, playing at a professional elite right. level. Now, he's also not getting hit in the mouth because they do a pretty good job of protecting him. Not as good as they used to, but and in the NFL rules. But still, I can like, I had to throw to our DBs the other day because our DB coach wasn't there. He had, you know, whatever going on. Oh, They basically were like, hey, throw these balls. I wasn't out there trying to run an offense. I was literally just throwing the ball to them and throwing it maybe 30 yards at the most. My arm was sore for two days. <laughs> I'm literally on Amazon Prime right now. Looking at TB12. The TB12 method. I got to figure this out. <laughs> I got it on audiobook. I wouldn't play. <laughs> oh, yeah, I had to, to listen. Uh, I guess if I had to choose, I would say, um, I mean, you can't count out again the Saints. Of course, I don't want to be biased, but I am an Eagles fan, so I would have to put them in there, but that depends to me on Carson's health. Um, <clears throat> the Rams, you can't count them out. The Cowboys' defense scares me. Uh, the only thing about the Cowboys is Zeke is, hasn't reported to training camp yet. So, Meh. but yeah, then, I'm, I actually I'm happy about that because I I don't need Zeke over here taking these unnecessary hits or playing the wrong way. If you're gonna blow out a knee, blow it out in the game. I agree with you. So I mean, now, but they also give them more time to lift girl shirts up. So <laughs> and walk into weed stores and all the other stupid stuff that he does. Like he doesn't realize that everybody knows. Like everybody knows who you are, Zeke. 
Like you're, <laughs> yeah, you can't go anywhere. You, you can't be on a float and lift a girl's shirt up and think nobody saw it. Like, <laughs> I think you have the most distinct face, uh, haircut, beard, and his shirt probably didn't go past his navel. So, <laughs> so he's probably out of New Orleans. Who's y'all's uh, MVP this year? This is off the top of your head. Who you who you riding with? Mahomes won it last year. That was going to be my guess. You can repeat it. If you think he Honestly, repeats it. I, I do. I don't think he has a sophomore slump. I think he comes and bites uh, yeah, it I will up. have to say Mahomes. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be able to put up the numbers that he's already – and with the, with, also with Tyreek Hill not being suspended. Yeah. Um, I'm going a different route. I'm going to say Baker. I think Baker has mm. a big year this year. Um, they, I mean, he already had a good year last year playing with essentially nothing. Yeah. And they added – I mean, they they brought in uh, what's his name at running back, um, um, Hunt. Hunt. They brought in Kareem, so he's gonna rest a couple more games and be back in week six. Just a couple or eight? I thought he was spending eight games. Is it eight? Yeah, but still. Eight. I mean, but in the meantime, they have to find a way to get make do with I mean, Nick Chubb and, and Duke yeah, they, Johnson. Like, they still like, damn. <laughs> you know, if, if they can get by, run the ball. <laughs> yeah, that, they still a lead at running back, and then they brought in a, a top three wide receiver. Odell, and then they still, oh, and they just still happen to have Juice there. Uh, what's his name? Uh, what's his real name? I've been calling him in Juice for so long. Uh, oh, um, um, Landry? Yeah, so they still got Landry. And then they got Callaway. Yep, who was supposed to go in the first round. Like, he was a first-round talent, and he played, like, his first last year. And then they got That's one. your slot guy. And then they brought, they got Njoku at tight end. I mean, they have one of the most elite, they have a, one of the better offenses out there, but now, Again, it, on paper, it sounds good. You could go five wide with Landry, OBJ. You could put Duke Johnson out there. You could put Kareem Hunt out there and put Joku out there. And like, who's going? Who has the personnel to guard that? Eagles. Come on, man. <laughs> you remember what happened the last time y'all were the dream team? No, we never. We never <laughs> you haven't heard that this year. We would never say that again. We was a dream team with eight and eight. <laughs> I, well, and I blame Vince Young. Y'all had Vince Young on your team, so that's what you get. And then uh, wasn't it? Uh, well, how was it, the cornerback that's married to? Um, 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 Nandi Ashwan. Yeah, he was trash. That well, was look a, at me with that pronunciation yeah, too. Was, dude, I was impressed. <laughs> I was impressed. But he was, was impressed. He was slick trash. Like, well, so I watched the. Um, uh, what happened to video on him? I did too. So and I, it, it kind of made sense though when you really look at it, like the way basically what happened was yeah, they was a guy him, talking about like the changes that was made. I, I think I watched that same they video. They took him out of being basically a man corner, like he was a lead man corner to make zone. him play zone. He just wasn't. He couldn't play zone. Yeah, he's not. And all you seen was the back of his jersey every time. Yep. And then I mean, on top of that, so you're getting roasted. We all know that you have to be able to. Um, to do that, like cornerbacks are very mental because you play defensive yeah. back in uh, in college, so you know, like you have to be able to get stuff like that out of your head. Yep. But when you give up three touchdowns in a game, it's kind of it hard. Just lingers, <laughs> right? And they keep picking on you. Like you, you got know the quarterback, the, you not know even looking at the other side. They're like, <laughs> the quarterback comes to the line. There you, know you go. Coming back. There you go. And then you yeah. got a receiver. <laughs> they ain't even ran a play before yet. The, before the plays even started, they, all, they, they got their hand. I'm up. open. They had a uh, run play design, and they auto into a goal. Oh, he's still on the field. <laughs> I actually have a game like that. Oh right? no! Please share oh, that. I got roasted the entire game. So did he? Did the receiver have his hand up? No, we well, kind of. So, okay, so before before we, before we get into that, what's like as a DB? What can a receiver do that's kind of like, like the most disrespectful thing? Like I'm, a, I'm gonna use context. Like in basketball, if I have the ball and somebody slaps the court, I hate that. 
mm-hmm. and I'm going to do everything I do to try to score on you. So, like, what can a receiver do that you just want to lay him out after he does it? Like, what can he do that's not in the in the midst of a game? Yeah, like, well, that will piss you off and be like. I think it's not necessarily before the play, like a slap in the court or anything like that, but I think it's after the play. <laughs> like, if they, if they moss the you and then stand over you, <laughs> that is the worst thing that could ever happen. Standing over you or tossing the ball at you? Which one's worse? Like, that would be a flag, though. You're not going to see a lot of that. You, yeah, you'll see that in practice. That's very disrespectful, but you can fight in practice. Oh, I'm, but, glad, you're <laughs> I'm glad you're here because I have a question, and this – this is the one thing I hate about football. And you're a DB, so I can ask you that. <laughs> Why do DBs celebrate when they had no impact on a play? <laughs> it's a confidence booster. It's like it's like <laughs> it's all mental, right? You gotta re you gotta reaffirm to yourself that you're that dude. That right? makes perfect sense. Like, like, but to be fair, your one job is to make sure they don't catch the ball. And you did it on that they play. Didn't catch the ball. Regardless of they what they might happened, have dropped the ball. But <laughs> and they'll be they will celebrate they like they just took it off. But in DB's head, it's because you're shook. Like you were shook and he was coming. <laughs> you didn't want that problem, so you just laid the ball on the ground. I've never you asked DB, footsteps. but I wanted to ask you since you're here, why do y'all celebrate? And that makes more sense. But for me, playing receiver, the biggest issue that I had with DBs was when they had nothing to do with it, and they still talk. Like the other thing is too, like when you actually burn them, like dude, I'm. Like I'm five yards in front of you, my quarterback just can't throw, and he's, and they're still talking, and they're still game. talking to about yeah, it's gonna be all game. I'm like, dude, I hope so. <laughs> I want it all game, but yeah, man. So that's that on that. All right, so enough with the NFL. Tired of talking about that. Well, we've got what four or five more months to come back and talk about the NFL when we actually get real football games. So, um, let's move on. Just change the subject a little bit. Um, something I was thinking about this week I wanted to bring up to you, Nick, and now that we've got Purdy in the house, ready to hear some good Florida, <laughs> some, some Florida music. But um, Trick Daddy. <laughs> Peanut butter jelly. Peanut butter jelly. Peanut, Peanut butter jelly, jelly with a baseball bat. Hey! <laughs> Actually, I was practicing my Florida dances. Like, you know, there's a new wave of just Florida music Florida now. Y'all brought a lot right? of Florida dances to take. And there's like a bunch of new different dances that they have going on down there. And I, I was literally practicing in the mirror. That's how you know you're old. When <laughs> you got to practice to make sure you just can to make sure you go out. <laughs> like, they're it. not whooping and city boying anymore. It's just a whole nother vibe. And there's a lot more, like, body parts moving around. <laughs> so I was sitting there trying to do my Florida jump and just couldn't, just didn't have the soul for it, I guess. I don't know. All right. So to your point, Russell. <laughs> We didn't know we had a uh, Chris Brown in the in the building. You don't remember Purdy uh, at Tech serving people oh, in the middle yeah. of Remember him he doing a little sword? Uh, uh, that was his go-to. I used to kill that sword. That wasn't even a Florida dance. I hey, we need to start recording this because y'all need to see, like, Purdy used to go in his tall tee in the sweat box. Oh, <laughs> um, so <laughs> back to the original point. Uh, let's talk about rap. We always kind of hit on rap every episode, it seems like. So this week, I want to talk about name me, or let's talk about rappers who you thought would blow up, who never did. Now, what I mean by that, I'm talking about major commercial success. They can put out an album that had some listened to, but people outside of their core fan base probably haven't heard it. Who who, who jumps off the mind for you? Nick, what you got? Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Murphy Lee. 
<laughs> from your favorite city. St. Lunatics. Uh, <laughs> um, throw away St. Louis. I'm going to say that every podcast. But, um, yeah, I thought Murphy Lee was – I thought he was the best lyricist in the St. Lunatics. No, uh, Murphy Lee came on the scene. Like, So Nelly came on. Nelly gave us uh, country grammar. Country grammar, and then came back with uh, what was Nelly Nellyville, and, and then, then Mur- the Saint Lunatics. So and by that time, he'd already featured Murphy. You had Air Force One, and everybody was like, and then Murphy Lee had so you, you can't get Nelly, you'll settle for who, boy? You know. <laughs> so, but I thought Murphy Lee had the best punchlines of the Saint Lunatics. And Murphy then, Lee was rapping his ass off, yeah. like, and then he came out with his solo CD, and then I don't know what Murphy Lee has done since then. Do you know who Murphy Lee is? Yeah, I know. I okay. had the album. I had it. So I had that album. I had it. It was a really good what, Like, what the hook yeah. going to be? Yeah. <laughs> but I thought he was going to blow up. Like, I thought. I forgot about what the hook going to be. I'm a Murphy Lee fan. I forgot yeah. that was his song. Yeah, like, yeah. a lot of people didn't even know he came out with a solo CD. I did. I had the CD as well. And so, for him to, he just fell off. And then, even at that CD, he came out with nothing, really. Like, I, I, he had a song with T-Pain. But it didn't really do nothing. He had another song with Young Dro that didn't really do nothing. And you know what? I actually, um, it was probably about it was probably about four or five years now. I went on the same tangent. I was like, huh? I wonder whatever what happened to Murphy Lee because you know he was he was next up to be on. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I went back and he had just released a mixtape. The mixtape was hard. I don't know the name of it now, <laughs> and I could look it up and provide it later if I needed yeah. to. But like Murphy Lee, can, Murphy Lee at this point can still rap. But it's just something never really clicked. Um, and this isn't who I'm going with, but I'm talking about Murphy Lee. What was dude that uh, that rap with Jeezy? Um, he, Murphy Lee. Jody Breeze. Jody Breeze. Mm-hmm. I always uh, thought Jody yeah. Breeze was going to be up there. I did think he Because yep. when they had, what was that group name? Boys in the Hood. Boys, Boys in the Hood. The and I thought Jody Breeze was the best, better one out of all of them. Yeah, he was. But he just died out of nowhere. Like, died. Whoa. Like, like his, his Whoa. success died, not, not him physically dying. So, yeah, that'll be my, like, Murphy Lee, I thought he was going to be, I thought he was going to be, you know, like, not Nelly's success, but somewhere under it. Do y'all think Jody Breeze and Murphy Lee's career kind of mirrored each other? Yeah, because they had, I mean, they were both, you know, nice on the mic. It's just, I don't know if it's marketing. I don't know what happened. But. I think that plays a lot into it, though, is, you know, the backing you get from, you know, the marketing team and your record company yeah. and things of that nature play into because there's a lot of people with a lot of talent who just don't get put on and marketed right by the record company. And I, I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of the industry, yeah. but I do think that plays a role into their commercial success. You know, is how much money these individuals, the corporate execs, are really Depending to put towards yeah. them. Yeah. So, yeah. and and that's that's something that we're not really. None of us have ever been in the industry, but I say that with Jody Breeze and Murphy Lee, because you kind of think about it, like they were always thought to be the the people who next up. In the yeah, room. exactly. They were the next ones. They both came up kind of through a group when they kind of hit the national spotlight when mm-hmm. people started to know who so they were. And Jody Breeze's album was hard. Jody Breeze released yeah. an album that was hard. And nobody heard it. But like the three people sitting yeah. here. <laughs> and you could argue that Jody Breeze, it's a harder argument for Murphy Lee versus Nelly, but you could argue that Jody Breeze was a better rapper than I, Young G. I don't think it's even an argument. Oh, hands down. <laughs> I hands think down he, I, a better rapper than I, Yeah, I think it is. He and they were in better. the same group, but Jeezy yeah. was the guy. But right? probably Jeezy was more marketable. Yeah. Yep. And 
it worked out for him. Yeah. But now that, now that we're kind of talking about this, this coming up in a group or coming up associated with a guy who's already blown doesn't really work out. Because think about Memphis Bleak. Like, yeah. Bleak actually released two albums that are, like, some of the better albums that have been released. And he had certified hits. Like, on his first album, he had two hits on that one. And then he came back and had that one with uh, T.I. on 534, the second yep. album. Mm-hmm. And then Dear Summer was on that one, too, uh, with, which is Jay-Z's song. But still, that's two major out. Al- you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Murphy, uh, Memphis Bleaker released some dope albums. And for the most part, people just remember him from uh, Jay-Z's line when it said, uh, and <laughs> Bleaker never have to work again or whatever. <laughs> he was <laughs> actually my favorite rapper in the, like, rock nation during that time. I was a big Memphis Bleak fan. I even wore my hat like him. <laughs> you know, you I yeah. stay with hats though. I well, think. all right, so we're not gonna go down this road. <laughs> so, I was balding at like 21 years old, so there was, was a reason why I wore a bunch of hats. Now that I shave my head, I just there's no need anymore. See, so. but you got a beard. People with beards can afford to shave their head. Like if I shave my head, I look like a cancer patient. <laughs> so it's funny yeah. you say that you like bleak most out of them. I figured you would have been a Beanie Seal guy. Just knowing you. I like Beanie Siegel. I just, I was, it was a few songs that I was on board with, but, you know, whole albums I wouldn't send back. I just like the way Memphis Bleak, his flow was. I, I like his it. flow. So, for me, um, I guess when I'm looking at this and I'm thinking about it, I kind of just look at, I think we're all going <laughs> to, you good? You got a hole in your mouth over there? <laughs> Can we finish the podcast? <laughs> Can you stop spilling stuff on yourself? On yourself? Um, <laughs> so I think about people that I like that I listen to. Um, so I'm going to go with Don Tripp and Starlito. Now I'm saying that separately, but of course we know they do the Step Brothers albums together. Um, but I actually Starlito's been around since he was All Star. When you know what I'm saying like mm-hmm. I mean at this point he's been relevant on a underground level for 15, 16 years. Like he puts out stuff consistently. He puts out dope music all the time. He can really spit. Was signed to Cash Money. They didn't do anything with him. Like, I really thought thought that Lido was the next. Like, I thought Lido was gonna be that next Tennessee rapper to yeah. kind of get us some more attention. Like, hey, they can rap in Tennessee a little bit, and it just kind of he's there. He he's still putting out quality music, but it's just nothing. Um, and and um, you're right. Uh, Trip. I actually got introduced to Don Trip. From listening to Starlito with how closely mm-hmm. they were associated with each other. And then, because I completely missed the song that he had with CeeLo, uh, Letter to My Son. I haven't heard that. Mm-mm. You haven't heard that song? I've never heard it. Like, that was, if you, anybody who listens to hip hop can pretty much tell you about Letter to My Son. And somebody told me about it. I had to go back and listen to it. Uh, but, and it's exactly what it sounds like. It's a letter to his son talking about, uh, like, how his baby mom's tripping, not letting him see him, how much he loves him. That whole thing, how he's not a good father because he sells dope, mm. which you know, I mean, uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> she might have a point uh, there. But you know, yeah. like I really like to this day, like I still feel like Trip could blow now. Trip is still spitting high, uh, at a higher level than most rappers that I we're mean, listening to. That's kind of not hard. Well, no, I'm talking about I, I, when I say rappers, no, I'm talking about people who are actually rapping, talking like Kendrick, J. Cole. Yeah, I mean, he's not at that level. But, but that next like, tier, he's, he's not. Probably, he's not Lil Yachty or. He's at, young thug. But he's probably at that next tier. Like people who you actually listen to their content, okay. he's spitting. Like he's giving you clever punchlines, he's giving you assemblies, he's giving you entendres, he's giving you all of that. And he's also making you feel like you can still rob somebody and sell some dope if you had to. Like 
that's a good make you feel like you can. Or? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, 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 I feel <laughs> okay. like I can. Like he's laying out the game plan. <laughs> so what about you, Purdy? Who's uh, who's kind of like who you thought would just blow up and have success that has? That, that's an interesting question. Like commercial success and defining that. Would you consider Pastor Troy as a commercial success? Because in my personal opinion. He's had success in the South on the underground scene, but he's never you didn't see him on, you know, BET and MTV and all of these, you know, platforms where it was a mass media. You say you didn't? I, 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 I didn't seen, see him a I lot. Did, I only seen one music video. I didn't see him Patrick on 106 Troy, and Park. And that was Are You Cutting? That's it. Well, yeah, that, that, that was the only song. And that's not Ryan even one of his. But it wasn't. It wasn't on. It wasn't on BT with a video. So to answer your question, before like, we get too far, do, do we consider I, that a commercial success? I, I think he, yes. I, I think he's an underrated rapper. I. You know what? And the funny part about it is, I don't know how to argue this because I do feel like like his music has lasted. Like we just saw that video with the NFL where uh, East Ridge. Um, and Memphis picked up. Oh, the, right? uh, yeah, but that was that was Lil Archie. That wasn't Pastor Troy. That yeah, was Lil right. Archie. You're right. Damn, Lil Archie sounded so much like I forgot that wasn't Pastor Troy song. Now but Lil Archie know, took it from Pastor yeah. Troy, or not took it, but, but yeah, you know, kind of Inf- took heavily that. influenced yeah. is what. But no, like I can't believe I, I damn that was right. Oh, uh, I don't even Archie think there was a Lil in front of. It. I think it's just Archie. <laughs> you just want to give Lil. Everybody got Lil. But no, I'm telling. So Pastor Troy. You know, Rod B, like, there's three albums I can recite most of the songs word for word. Like, Rod B was it like, that, that was still, good. Like, you can bump to the but, club on it. Like, you but that like, wasn't even his biggest hit. It's not. Like, his biggest hits and his most influential hits. Vice versa. Vice versa. Vice versa. That, that whole face off album. That was his. It's a classic. I don't know. Universal Soldier had some hits on it too. That was a good follow up. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, both which, of those albums. Which is very interesting because the fact that you can. Come out with face off and, and then, then follow up with Universal, Universal Soldier, Soldier and not be a, a household but name. By any means necessary was still a huge album too. Yeah, like I think like like he, that's the one where he was, was on. He was yeah. very slept on. Yeah, he he was, honestly. So and I, guess I don't we'll, like I don't think he got his he, due. I don't think he did And either. I don't think he I say this in quotations, blew up. You know, I guess it kind of depends on what you mean by blow up. Like he's had the most success out of anybody that we've mentioned so far for underground. Yeah, but like I don't mean like if I went up to up north and said Pastor Troy, they were like looking at you crazy. They're like, what church does he? I like, don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know what you can say. I think that anybody who was listening, I mean, that, I don't maybe, know. maybe young dudes now. But I'm talking I, about anybody our age. Here's, here's who I equate Pastor Troy into South in the South to somebody in the, the North. north. Big L. You guys remember that dude, Big L, who died and he, he was like a martyr and everybody was, I was like, who is this dude, Big L? And I did not realize like how influential he was in New York until these two individuals, they were twins, they moved down to Pensacola from New York and that's like all they were bumping at the time with some Big L. I'm like, who is this So cat? you're saying he's a regional? Yeah. yeah. So would you say that he's a Southern legend? I would. I would you go Southern Lake? I would say I would. that, but I don't think everybody else would feel that way. I, mean, I don't. I don't see how he is. Way I, too you didn't have a football team in the South that didn't listen to Pastor. It was no game. way I would. At his prime, you would listen to uh, going to a football game, any sport event uh, that you're playing in. You can also listen to him going to the club. I mean, no, he had like Pastor Troy was like he when had, you heard Pastor Troy, you wish you had dreads. 
just a shake him. Now he had seven. I grew a pastor Troy. And like he had, he had does his everybody beard. know what that means? Yeah, like his beard is down to his navel. I, I grew a pastor Troy, and everybody was like, "Dang, that look at that pastor Troy!" He right? had seven states worth of high school kids claiming DSGB. DSGB Think about that, bro. You could be anywhere from uh, Tennessee South, mm-hmm. and you were claiming DSGB. Down South Georgia boys. No, and speaking of, I looked up a which I still listen to that album. I'm just throwing that out. It album. hurt my heart. I pulled up. I'm outside. Mm. Two days ago, looked at it on Spotify. Spotify shows you the listens. Only had fifty thousand listens. Oh, that's I'm, tough. Really? That's tough. Yeah. That's now, tough. Now I'm hoping maybe that's monthly. I don't know. <laughs> oh, I think that's a lifetime because I see some that has like four million. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, that hurt me because I'm like I'll, I'm outside. That's a classic me, song. Hey, that's all. Uh, I'm outside. <laughs> like, because to me that epitomizes how, how I feel. Outside. Like, bro, whatever you're talking about. Hey. I'm outside. Like, my mind was I love that, uh, I love like <laughs> that song came to the club just to fight. Oh yeah, that was a good song. Because that's like what like, that's, that's what, what, we, that's what like, we did. We know people came to the club just, just to, to fight. fight. But yes. that part and then but even back to I'm outside. It was like after you came to the club to fight, bro. I'm outside. We done. Yeah. But like, but before you got to the club, I'm right which one <laughs> which one I'm gonna take with these rims of scale. I don't know I forgot the lyrics, but like, what am I riding to the club? Like, folks used to go to the club and wait like, like, for a Pastor like, Troy parking, song to come on just pimping. to fight. Like, really? I'm and then, you. then in the song, he found a chick in the club. <laughs> They're like, look, you can just come back to my place without this fighting. But the, pimping. um, like, <laughs> I'm outside. It's like, the pity I'm outside. Like, bro, I don't care. Bro, you, oh, I'm sorry. I only want to do this now, bro. I'm outside. Like, like it's no more talking. There's and, nothing else left to And the fact that we can come up with all this nostalgic narrative of Pastor Troy is the fact that he's, it goes to the fact that he's underrated. Like, you know, his influence in the South yeah. is very substantial, but I do not think that he had the commercial success um, that mimics or resembles the influence that he had in a certain region. And I got to do some more. I got to talk to some more of my my guys. Like I got to talk to some people in the Midwest. I got to talk to some people out that grew up in California and places like that and kind of see how far he made it. Because I'm under the impression that while they're not going to have the same reverence for, you know, saying face off Universal Soldier, uh, Soldier by any means necessary that we did. I still feel like those last two made it on a national level to the point to where everybody kind of everybody knew what was going on. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like they like I feel like they, they everybody's aware of who they are. I feel like you can mention Murphy Lee and there are some people who love hip hop mm-hmm. or who at least listen to it who might not who might can't name a song that he was on. Yeah. I feel like there everybody can name a passatory song is what I would think. You think so? I, I don't know. I mean that's a good question because my experience is limited to the South, right? Right. You know, but and, you were in and my Army, social circle. But I guess you weren't talking about Pastor Yeah, Troy. we weren't talking about right, you were I mean, you got to keep, keep in mind, even though I'm a military brat, where did I live? I lived in Texas, Tennessee, Florida, and then I lived in Washington at a very young age, right? right. So even when you talk about where I've been, and then on top of that, my mom and my dad are from Florida. So I spent summers in Florida. I was back and forth to Florida oftentimes. So my social circle has always been within the Southeast. 
So right. you grew up in the panhandle for the most part. Yeah. We'll say that's where the your life has been heavily influenced. Yeah. Was and you're very proud of the panhandle rappers. I am very much so. Oh man. Oh, Great. Oh, oh, oh. I appreciate you bringing this up. <laughs> let, let me finish this up. Was Pastor Troy bigger in the panhandle than the panhandle rappers who were big? Uh yeah, he was. He was. I mean, because the reality of the situation that you see in a lot of cities is, you know, you have your local, you have your local influences, your local rappers, but I think there's a certain dynamic or a certain demographic that really, um, oh, okay. I was nervous. Sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I ain't strapped up right now, <laughs> but there's, you know, there's a certain demographic who really goes or like really focuses on local rapping and local rappers and stuff like that. Right. That's kind of a niche type deal. You know what I'm saying? So I'm the type of, I buy local, you know, I I shop at the farmer's market and I listen to local rap because I'm all about local. Right. Right. Um, So the reality of the situation is everybody doesn't think like that. And everybody's not on board with the Pyrex panhandles, even no. in Pensacola. And I get it. Right? And the only reason I add, I was just curious as far as how big some of the panhandle rappers were. Like in Middle Tennessee, we didn't really have anybody. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, we had, for the most part, like, I mean, you had Young Buck to a certain extent, uh, which he, but I still don't know. Like, if I, if, I think at that time, if people had to listen to between Young Buck and Pastor Troy, I think people are going to go Troy. Mm-hmm. Uh, rather than young, but outside of yeah. maybe Nashville, I think that's easy. I mean, yeah. the Pastor Troy, easy. You had, uh, you know, what I'm saying you had to let, uh, very, a much lesser extent than that, Quanti Cash, and that was for the most part it as far as like Nashville natives. And Quanti Cash had one relevant song, uh, really. So for us, it would be more so a comparison between Memphis rap and uh, Pastor yeah. Troy, yeah. but I don't know that Pastor Troy is beating out 3 6. I don't know. That he's beaten out. Pride I don't. I don't think he is. I don't think so. Memphis rap is so strong, and the influence is so heavy in in, in Memphis rap that you can't. It's, it's a difference. different scenario. So Pensacola rap isn't as strong, isn't as influential. So again, it goes back to a niche or a demographic. But everybody in Memphis loves Yo Gotti, or listen at least listens to Yo Gotti. Right, and they're going to bump his music because he's representing their town, yeah. you know. And hey, Atlanta has play so a many, fly and stuff. Atlanta like that. has so many mainstream rappers. It's hard to say this is Atlanta. Like, yeah, it's hard to no, say. First hey, of all, Pastor Troy from Atlanta. I mean, I mean, but he rep well, Atlanta. he he reps I mean, Atlanta. Ludacris I don't know. Is not from Atlanta, but Pastor is he from Atlanta, Atlanta or Chicago? Augusta? Augusta. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, round he, up. I don't know. I'm just I'm just messing know. with you. I'm just no. Um, now, shout out to Memphis rap, though. I, I was talking about this the other day. Memphis rap, on the very lowest of keys, people don't really give them the just, they're just due. They Memphis rap is still influencing rap now from 3-6, mm-hmm. but they've had relevant artists every decade who have been, like, near the top. You're right. Whether it's 3-6, whether it was Project Pack for the run that he was on, whether it was Yo Gotti. Even as you're getting into uh, Dolph and Moneybag Yo now, like I mean, you wouldn't throw eight ball and MJG. In of there? course, you know, of course, I would. and that's even earlier than three six. So you're mm-hmm. right. I mean, that goes back into the very early early nineties. Yeah, um, you know, what I'm saying coming up, even though they came up kind of under that Houston, they did watch, but yep. still, I mean, consistently since the early nineties, 
Memphis has had a relevant rapper, song, album that has been influential on a national Can level. Can I ask you this question? What's up? Because I've had a conversation about this, and I know this isn't on the agenda, but I think it's an amazing question. In most influential rap cities in the South, okay. outside, we'll, we'll take Atlanta away from it. Yeah. So I've always argued between New Orleans, Memphis, Houston. Okay. And and then I'll throw Miami in there because I'm a Florida boy. Do you consider Miami? But, do you, I mean, but do you who, consider Florida who, to be part of the South? I do. Yes, I do. Do you consider Texas to be part of the South? I do. I do. I don't for Texas. I do for Miami. But I mean for Florida. Um, having lived in Texas, Texas is more Midwest to me. They have their own culture. They have. I think if I'm cutting, look at the South. I kind of cut the line off right around Louisiana somewhere. But I digress. But for the purpose of this conversation, go ahead. So uh, I'm just interested to know, like, who's been the more influential city outside of Atlanta? What has it been? New Orleans? Has it been Memphis? Has it been Houston? It depends on where you. I mean, because wasn't the Hot Boys from New Orleans? Yeah. So it but depends can, on. I so mean, they were pretty influential. Hot Boys, No Limit, Kevin Gates, you know, uh, Kevin Gates. You can even go as back far Kevin back Gates as Kevin Gates is Baton Rouge. You know, Boosie is Baton Rouge. Yeah, well, so yeah, you yeah, yeah, Louisiana or I you thought, said, oh, I Kevin mean, Gates is Baton Rouge. Really? I didn't know that. But that's Louisiana, so, but, right? But, no, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about New Orleans. I'm talking about specifically New Orleans. Oh, because he said cities. If you're talking about cities, I would probably say Memphis. Memphis more influential than Houston. Well, you got. I mean, you got Bumby and um, Come on, man. And then you yeah. got uh, a <laughs> rest in peace of pimp. Yeah. Rest in peace. But then but I think it, I mean you got you know even going to the Paul Walls of the world, the Slim Thugs of the world. I mean, but still the, Memphis. But like I, I don't know. I think right. I was I would have so, Memphis over there. I'm going Houston. Um, one, I lived in Houston for a couple of years, so I'm partially biased. That is my second home. I'll be back to see you all hopefully within the next month or two. But um, when we start looking at influential, you have to get outside of even just the rappers. Yep. So, I mean, mm -hmm. one, you start looking at, if you want to do rap, you start looking at Scarface. Yep. Scarface is arguably a top 10 MC, top five on some people's list. He's up there as far as MC is concerned and stuff that he's been able to do. Um, I mean, you get into that whole Houston in the early 2000s for about a five-year span was the place running the rap game period dude. like you had paul wall you had slim thug i mean slim thug is slick got two to three albums I mean, he got from my ti so no you're talking about little flip, little flip. About, i just but, had a conversation with my wife about that yesterday by the way that's a, about slim thug he didn't, no about little flip yeah, T. I, by T. I. I, pl I played her the the ti song where he was out rapping on the 99 problem <laughs> and went in on ti so some of that is kind of if because I've been to the place that or Lil Flip anyway, yeah. yeah, I took you out there, yeah, to yeah, yeah, all that, but anyway, Overland, yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that in another podcast. But um, then you start getting to you guys are thinking about like uh, rap a lot and what they were able yeah. to do. They introduced pretty much the South to rap. You're like, right. You're absolutely um, right. You start and then you I think about chopped and screwed like. The word there's never been anything since mm -hmm. that's emulated what and people are still chopping and screwing albums to this day. And that man's been dead for a while. Yeah. I mean, you even get into Lil Troy. Lil Troy had a run of commercial success. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like 
they have done so much. Memphis is very influential as well. Um, Juicy J single-handedly is producing so much stuff that yeah. it keeps them probably right there above anything else. But then you start looking at Louisiana and you start thinking about No Limit. I mean, as far as gangster rap, like real gangster rap, that, Master P yeah, brought that in. He did. You're right. And then introduced us to some people's best MC ever, top five MC and Lil Wayne, because they were influential as far as getting the city on. Like, Pastor, like Master P was so influential that people didn't know that Lil, uh, that Silk the Shocker couldn't rap. No, people knew Silk the Shocker couldn't <laughs> no, rap. No, they just ignored Silk it. Silk the Shocker put out two platinum albums, bro. It did. How the, the reality is, I bought an album. I you did. bought Silk the Shocker's yes, album. Yes, I bro. did. You should, yes, I you should be stoned no, to death. No, here's the problem. Here's the problem with that. The problem was you buying his album. Here's the problem, right? I couldn't buy rap albums until I was in the eighth grade. So you just started buying albums just to buy it. No, no, no. This was way <laughs> after Silver the Shocker released Silver his Shocker album, was is what horrible. I'm saying. Like the reality of the situation I is I was a fan of no it. limit. I had a no limit chain. He's the blue face like, of like blue face is still the shot. You're, you're absolutely still. right. But <laughs> no limit was so influential that it's exactly what Russell said. People were even willing to overlook the fact that, that he couldn't rap just to get no by the album because I mean, that album, yes, because you were a okay, no limit. I can give you that. We couldn't understand what Mystical was saying. Because he's doing so fast. But let's not let's not take <laughs> away from the influence that Mystical had because oh, yeah. I think Mystical, Twister? I think Mystical made the Lil Johns of the world that yelling really I don't know because type uh, stuff. Apparently, like, according to Pastor Troy, Lil John stole <laughs> stole it from him. Uh, you can't even say Pastor Troy started what, it I'm because Mystical kind of started the whole yelling raspy voice deal. And then you have the Pastor Troy's come on and the Lil John's come on and stuff like that. But I think people don't really give Mystical a lot of credit. I think for what that, he, well, because he I, was like, I think because he, I mean, when you kind of get into um, kidnapping and yeah. you know, what I'm saying, <laughs> when sodomizing you, when your you victim, get to what you put in jail for, they kind of will like, affect your, your how you remember. Like I'm not sitting here trying to promote Mystical as a. a I don't know. Of course, no, and we're not saying you are, but I'm saying like, I don't I know, R. Kelly. I think that that gets into it. I mean, you say R. Kelly jokingly, but realistically, if R. Kelly doesn't get involved with 16-year-olds, well, speaking of, um, what's his name? Oh, my God. Uh, just had the number one album with um, uh, the same week that uh, Khaled dropped. Um, what's that weird dude? Oh, Tyler the Creator? Tyler the Creator dropped the quadruple entendre, and I'm going to tell you what it was. You're about talking about on his own? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, yeah we're going we're gonna to get to that. Um but no, R. Kelly, if R. Kelly isn't involved with 16-year-olds, R. Kelly only like 18-year-olds. <laughs> R. Oh Kelly goes down as probably as arguably the greatest musician of all time. I mean, he's in the at least in the conversation. Like, you're not, yeah. not going to get laughed out of the room if you say yeah, you say mean, R. Kelly. We would probably right. all concede to R. Kelly. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't because. So what you do <laughs> in your personal life really does. I think it, yeah, I think it does, especially on that level. Like, if you did cocaine or something. I think that's different. Than like I think Brown that's a part of the culture. Right <laughs> yeah. Inside the Briss Brown. Briss Brown. Uh, <laughs> that's boo. Man. So, uh, real quick, I wanted to catch y'all up. First of all, Tyler Creator went on Phone Master Flex and dropped bars on y'all. Bars y'all weren't even ready for. I wasn't ready for them because I listened to it and I was confused. So whoa, then, whoa, whoa. Why'd you have to say that, man? 
<laughs> because isn't that I, what he said? I, <laughs> I was just like when he was spitting, I was like, I don't know, should I bob my head or just turn this off? Nobody was more confused than Funk because Funk wants to know why you brought me in. Yeah, he was why like, are me and Flex looking for hot butts? But, but, but at first he was like, he was trying to catch the beat, trying to get the rhythm, and then he went in and he was like, Funk was like, what did I just do? But he gave y'all bars, but I'm not even gonna get into. The bar of all bars. Like, I kind of talked about it or hinted at it just a second ago. But we're going to leave that for what it was. Y'all go back and look that up and listen to it, and you're going to be shocked and all. But the part for me, as y'all know, like, I really enjoy hip-hop. I really – I'm not quite an aficionado, but, you know, I'm very well-versed in hip-hop. So for somebody to slide into a bar like this as largely going – and people are going to miss it because of what he said after that. But this may be a quadruple entendre. Realistically, it may be a quadruple. And I'm going to explain it. It's at the very least a double, if not a triple entendre. So we're all familiar with what entendres are. In case there's somebody who's not, it's basically saying something, saying one sentence or two sentences or whatever the case may be, and it can have two meanings. So uh, that would be a double entendre. A triple entendre would have three meanings, quadruple four meanings. We're all caught up. So... <laughs> Tyler said, like R. Kelly wet dreams, I keep 16s. Now, he also followed that up by saying him and Funkmaster Flex were looking for high butt sex. So, you know, I can see how this can just very quickly, it came and it went. But when you start thinking about it, everybody knows that 16s are traditionally how rap was done. It's not done in 16s anymore. This new age rapping is different. But for the most part, people still say 16s in relevance in reference to a verse, right? So I keep 16s, like he stays with 16 year olds. Like R. Kelly. Oh, okay. Got it. All right. I understood that part. 16s, like Please Mars. elaborate on the butt set. Because I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. no, 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 no. I'm just talking about the entendre. I'm not going to yeah, the butt sex. No, I'm strictly talking about the 16s. Like, They're all entendre with I, the I butt set. That's where I'm trying to go. So 16-year-old, 16 bars. Okay. 16 like the bars. Uh, 16 like prisoners because mm-hmm. his most recent charge has been keeping people against their will. Okay. So you're keeping 16s. And then six teens, like you're keeping six teenagers. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. So like when you look at that, there's three or four different ways that they can be flipped. Yeah. And something that was essentially a throwaway. So he really did get like a quadruple. <laughs> and that was something unheard of. So I thought that, that was cool. Now, as far as the hot butt sex, I don't really don't know how many different ways you can flip that. I think it, I think it's one way. Yeah, <laughs> you can flip butt sex. I mean, he was talking about hot guys with rough necks and him and Funk Flex looking through their rolling. But, but the fact that he pulled Funk there has to be an entendre, and like, I believe you can find it. No, no, Tyler has openly talked about having sex with men before. Yeah, oh, okay. So no, there's no there's no entendre here. Like, like that's no, he, it's strictly butt sex. Okay. I don't know, man. No one's under I hope you okay. ain't been doing no neck day, cause if Tyler's in town. But the fact that <laughs> he's the, looking, the fact that he brought Flex into it is the hilarious part but to me. Flex look like, bro. What the? Like, I didn't ask for this. <laughs> why are we rolling, through? <laughs> bro? I don't even have all my good looks. Like, why are we rolling through here? <laughs> but go ahead, Nick. You had a a topic. Yeah, that. man. So the switch gears from the butt six. <laughs> uh, so is that the name of our? 
Is that the name of this episode? It could be. Hot Butt Sex. Hot Butt Sex. <laughs> but that's going to get a lot of clicks. <laughs> that's what we're looking that for. Is. That's going to get like, a lot of clicks. And that could be a topic for another podcast. But, um, so like, okay, we all have our careers now. But if you had your choice of, you know, doing whatever you wanted to do, regardless of money, time, whatever, what are kind of like the top three things that you would do if you had your choice? Like, what were your, you know, Russell Party, what was your dream jobs growing up? So I'll start with you, Russell. What If you had your choice, what are your top three jobs or professions that you would want to have right now? I mean, all of us have been athletes to varying degrees, you know. Um some of us are still more athletic than others. Yeah. So let's take let's take athleticism out of let's say a pro. Of course, all all three of us would want to go pro in something. Right. So let's take that out of it. So I what, mean, but even to that point, like even if you take I actually playing, like my ideal job, like the thing that makes me happiest right now is not what I do for my career. It's coaching sales. It's coaching. So, so that, like, you use that coaching one. would be one of the like if for some strange reason I didn't make it to the NFL, then I just knew that I would be coaching in college or the pros. Like you know, it's just. This is next up, of course. Yeah. But um, no, like being able to deal with high school and even younger kids and being able to influence them. Like mentoring them. The and, impact. Like yeah. I have some of them texting me now just randomly about stuff. That's a good feeling. About right. life. Like being able to help some of them get into college, either whether they know it or not. Like, you know, I'm able to do some of that stuff and that's a reward. So I, I'm able to accomplish one, not to the extent of which I thought of wanting to go college or pros, but in high school is still cool. Um, secondly, I thought I was going to be an engineer. That's actually what I came to tech for. That's why I came to tech. That is why really. I came to tech. Yeah. Really? Yeah, the, the electrical engineer. Tech is the second highest ranked engineering school. I think in the yeah, tech, Georgia really tech, tech. Yeah, Georgia Tech was number one. Tech, tech was tech two. So, so that's why I, I was like major in Yeah, well, I, was a, I was major in electrical engineer when I got a tech and I, I was like, this is stupid. What about you? Yeah, I got I, my first class was uh, intro to engineering. Oh, wow. and I I programming. I just always saw you guys in Joe Paul, which is the yeah, business. Yeah, because yeah, you're behind But yeah, I, I am a year yeah. behind y'all. Yeah, by right. So by the time you got done, right? One and done. So I so I'm sitting there and the professor is like, I want you to look to your left, look to your right. Statistically, <laughs> out of three of y'all, one. only one of y'all is gonna make it. That's not right. cool, bro. And he was right. Was, yeah. And for me though, engineering is hard for a lot of people. I've always been blessed to be able to comprehend information relatively easily. Mm-hmm. It wasn't hard. It was boring. I didn't like, like it. Like, when I went through programming, when I went through the different things, I'm like, I don't want to do this for 60 years. Did you take iGraphics? I mean, not iGraphics, but if it's graphics or something like that. Yeah, I took whatever, all the entry level. It was dumb. Like, it, I couldn't see myself doing it. Like, I took it and passed it with Bs and Cs. I didn't and, pass it with a B or C or anything like that. <laughs> like, I passed all those classes. I did But it just wasn't like, it was like, dude, like, why am I spending six hours studying something that I don't care about? So you didn't even spend six hours studying the stuff you did care about. Because business was easy. <laughs> I'm sitting here in a dorm room. We got a test the next day. Him and Gotti <laughs> oh, sitting man. there giggling. <laughs> I'm like, we got an accountant test tomorrow. He was mad. And they over there, he, 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 like, bro, what are y'all doing? But and we still nothing. graduated together. Because you cheated off me and made a better. That's what I was about to say. Did y'all cheat off of anybody? So, I mean, the reality. So, hold on. Here's, so here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. <laughs> Some classes I cheated off of Nick, depending on what it was. But the thing that makes Nick mad about it is that I have a natural talent or a natural way with words, especially 
We're right. So like I thought you were about to say I have a natural talent for cheating, <laughs> which I mean we did have a which system. is very it's like true. beneficial. We it's had a system. some components. So I, so Nick and I sat beside each other, and so what would happen is you know of course I walked on the tech, and so we had people who didn't always do their work, mm-hmm. so they would sit beside me. So it was like a system. But I would have the book. I would get their book, and I would give it to Nick. And so I could study. So I was the person that, so they were the person who got the book. Mm-hmm. I was the intermediary. Mm-hmm. You were the plug. Yeah. And he was the plug. I would okay. get the book from him. I would study. I would take the test. And then we had like a whole system. So, so then I would, uh, but it was one particular class where literally I didn't study at all. At all. I didn't study. Never looked at the book. Never saw it. I can tell you what that book looks like now. And Nick got a C for the class. I gotta be. That's how it always happens. But but he he copied my answers and wrote it better. But it was like it was like a test part and an essay part, and he (laughs) he clearly did better on the essay part because he was better with words. Like I hated writing. That's tough. So like I'm sitting there and like I can't go to a professor and be like, look, I know (laughs) how how in the hell did we make two different grades when he cheated off me? I can't say that. Here's the thing too that Nick always likes to leave out. I also comprehended the information too. Like I could listen, like for me, I cannot read a book and retain information. But if you give it, give me something uh, orally, like in a, you know, in a lecture, mm-hmm. I can retain, cause I can remember. Orally. <laughs> I was, we almost made it past it. Yes. I said it and I tried to keep it moving, but. Um, I bet you do comprehend orally. <laughs> so like when we're in a lecture, I can picture where the professor is standing. I can picture what they wrote on the wall. Like I can. So you had a photographic memory. Even, but even more so, like I can even hear their tone in my head. Like, well, how, Ryan Rock couldn't really talk. So how did you understand? Those were the easiest classes to cheat <laughs> off of, by the way. So Wayne Rock. Yeah, but he yeah. hated me though. He um, hated me. So, but yeah, no, like that's how I did a lot of that. But anyway, back to what we would have done. Um, but that so was, you said coach, coach, uh, engineer, and. Man, I don't even Dry know. Well, I wouldn't want to do. I don't think there's a long term. Like, I don't think you can be 40 years old with a beer gut still dry humping people. I mean, still dry humping. As long as they get the sensation. I as think long I, as they get the, what yeah, they Yeah, I, I think for. as long as you can at least get a semi, then I think you good. Oh, man. Um, no, I, if I had to do anything else, I mean, I always wanted to be a sports agent as well. That was also my backup plan. Like once I got an engineer, I was like, well, I'll just go be a sports agent. Cause I, I told the story before I looked into getting my JD and my MBA um, so that I could get into being an agent. And, you know, I just didn't have the grades to get into law school. So they kind of killed that. <laughs> so, but yeah, those would be the three things. I was a sports agent or a lawyer and a change. What about you, Bert? So yours was more of substance, the professions that you mentioned. You want to be a rapper. You had <laughs> bars. <laughs> no, not a rapper, but something like of lesser substance, right? Okay. Because you sit here and you learn about a lot of people who do things that you deem just absolutely pointless, who make millions of dollars off of it because it is important to somebody, right? So individuals like me. Of course. What AJ Green's out six, eight weeks with a torn ligament. Oh, dang. Already, but That's go ahead. Breaking news right there, dude. <laughs> oh, go. Murmur, 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 murmur. People didn't know they were listening to like ESPN. <laughs> right. Like, Adam Shafter just texted me. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mean to interrupt. Go ahead. No, you're fine, man. So, you but, wanted to be a rapper. 
<laughs> Actually, I did like <laughs> at some point in time in my life that I'm not going to like convey. I did work on like a rap album at one point in time. And I would love like, Tech you can't you can't even go so. You it, was it, was back, it was back in Pensacola, actually. Okay. And I have pictures that I've put on, like, private on Facebook okay. of me in the studio, right? But nobody can see it but me because it's hidden to everybody. So... Bro, I got to hack your account. Yeah, I know you won't. <laughs> I have to see these you won't. pictures. You will not. But that isn't that isn't one of them. So young Purdy from the thirty third. What does that call you? Purdy 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 Thirty third was my nickname all throughout high school, and then the way that it caught on at Tech is when we were in a science class, and you know it's one of those studios, those stadium classes. So yeah. you have to put in like a nickname and to you, see your grade. You put so I put Purdy Purr for the 33rd on that, that bad boy. So when they said create a nickname, that was the first thing that came to your mind. Very first thing that came to his head. The very first thing. All right. Which takes me to my point that there's so many pointless things out there so, that people will gravitate to and you can make money off of it. Right? So rappers one, what's the other two? All right. So another one that I thought about, right, is and it's already been taken and it's kind of blown up at this point in time. So the whole you know academic scandal with all of these famous people who paid for like testing. Purdy wanted to be a scammer. Not, a let's not call it a scam because like I, I listened to a podcast that went in detail about this dude's organization and how he built it, right. and it made a lot of sense. I was like. Holy crap! Like, so you want to be a star? Russell spent the entire, like, not maybe not the entire, but a large portion of, you know, his collegiate like experience cheating, as did I, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so I'm experienced in cheating, and I'm like, this dude cheated the system. I right? want to say that Purdy speaks for himself. I cheated in a couple classes, but for the most part, I did a lot of no, my no, 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 no. Like, let's like. <laughs> so the reality of the situation is you know, I'm not going to go down the cheating realm too far nah, but I've cheated in some classes but I actually was the person getting cheated off of in a lot of classes too so you know what I'm saying and I actually I definitely was cheated off especially of. in writing classes I was really good at writing so I actually made a boatload of money writing papers for I like papers. yeah I, mean, I wrote papers for like different papers. classmates and stuff papers. like that and I tell I them I'd give you, they'd give me like 20 bucks for an A, 15 bucks for a B, and then 10 bucks for a C. Right, stuff. Like, I actually now. did. Yeah, and it's pretty yeah, cheap. cheap but now. actually, I mean, I was guaranteed an A. Actually, one of my writing, not writing, but my English. So you wanted to be involved in allegations. Like, not allegations, and, yeah, scandals. Back to my point. Yeah, so the reality is this dude created this huge, like, system where he had college coaches involved. He had proctors involved he had all of these aspects involved components involved and people were paying hundreds of thousands of dollars to get a 34 on the act and that is i'm sorry in the reality of the situation genius and if i could take on that hustle to make hundreds of thousands of dollars and not get caught and go to jail for a long time so like that's two that. if, so money that's was, two. if money wasn't an issue would you pay fifty thousand dollars for your kid to get into Stanford or wherever they were wanting to go? Fifty thousand dollars for my kid to go wherever he wanted if to go. If money was, if fifty thousand dollars wasn't a, a substantial, and I wouldn't get caught, 
I didn't say that. <laughs> it, this is the same hustle. Dude came to you, and I think it was actually more. But I think actually, I think yeah, they spent, like they paid a lot. 000. Yeah, they paid a lot. But more. I, let's call it one hundred and fifty thousand. Would you pay if you could afford it? You could write the check and not flinch. Hundred fifty thousand dollars. Would you pay? It? I don't think I would. Because I'm getting my nah. my my child involved. Yeah. Like, there's a difference between me doing something under the table. Like, I'm not gonna sit here and throw morality in it because the reality of the situation is there are above the table ways to get your school into your kid into so, high level school. So right? if, I, so, if my child is dumb, I don't want to pay to get. Them but see, into here's the thing: the child, the children weren't dumb. That's the part that mm-hmm. everybody keeps getting. I mean, I don't know. They like, were smart know. kids. But if, if my kids are smart enough, they can get into some college. It may not be yeah, Yale. The, it may not be system. Harvard. Here's the thing. It's like, okay, money. We all know money buys you just about anything you want in America. Mm-hmm. It can buy you your way out of legal out of legal trouble. It can mm-hmm. buy you anything. So what's happening is, is that their kids, by you being affluent, your kids are disadvantaged. Yeah. So when you're looking at getting into somewhere like Stanford that's competitive, those kids, people are thinking those kids are getting 16s on their ACTs. They're probably getting 28, 29s. They have yeah. 4.0s. Yeah. But so, they're white with rich parents, and they probably didn't have a lot. I mean, they probably did some stuff and they were, as far as their social, but there's nothing that differentiates them. Whereas this other poor Chinese kid who has a 32 and, you know what I'm saying, also has a 4.0, they're going to get in, or this athlete who mm-hmm. got a thirty or got a twenty nine as well is going to get in above them. Mm-hmm. So all you're doing is using your money to even the odds. Yeah, like their kids weren't stupid. Their kids have been there three and four years at this point. They're doing the work. They're smart enough to do the work. So I don't. Would I pay it? Probably not. But I can't say a hundred percent because. Yeah, be tempting. But here's the reality, right? And this is where you take the morality out of it. I listened to a really good podcast that followed the entire uh, education scandal that went on. I forgot the guy's name, but went on with them, and they interview an individual who was at a part of a, admissions for North Carolina, which mm-hmm. is North Carolina is a very good school, right? So no, they exactly school, yeah. so. This individual was saying they literally quit their job because of just how the system was structured. And he was like, he was saying $50,000 gets you a good recommendation. $100,000 gets you X, Y, and Z. He said, if if you were to donate $250,000 to that school, for your kid to get admitted, he'd basically need to be able to breathe. Is the reality of the situation. And so the fact that somebody understood that and went kind of a different route that didn't have to do with the administration. Like that's why I take the morality out of it. The reality of the situation is universities were doing this too. Why can't I capitalize on it for my own individual beneficial gain? And you're hundred percent right. That's the other part I try to bring up. Like people just don't know how to game the system. Like if the system's being gamed, he just got caught. So now he's got to deal with whatever his consequences yeah. are. But like, absolutely. Like if, Dude, I'm, we are all three alumni of Tennessee Technological University. If and it's two hundred fifty thousand dollars at uh, at North Carolina, I could probably walk into Tech with a twenty five thousand dollars check and guarantee all three of our kids get in. Yeah, you're probably. Yeah, you're right. Yourself <laughs> you're right. Like I could say, hey, you know, what I'm saying y'all need some, you know, saying need some new stalls in them <laughs> in the bathrooms over there. Twenty five grand, but Nick Junior. Purdy Jr. Why do I have my child Nick Jr.? Because you don't have a kid yet, so. Uh, 
Well, I'm pretty sure Purdy is not going to name his child uh, Purdy my, Jr. Well, no, he hasn't announced the name publicly yet. So I guess, Purdy, I Jr. Purdy, Purdy, Purdy Jr. is the Purdy yeah. Jr. Purdy Jr. is the default. I appreciate that. So, I, appreciate that. <laughs> I caught what you were doing. Yeah. I appreciate it. So, um, but no, man. So, uh, one more real quick. Let's go on and move through this. You, that's two for you. So, a scammer, that's all I got. Both rapper, two. Okay. Scammer and rapper. <laughs> that's all I got. What, what you got, Nick? Uh, like you mentioned, sports agent. I would I, I love to do that. I would be a uh, detective. I just don't want to get shot. Sports agent, detective who doesn't get shot. Yeah, and then uh, a comedian. But and I don't a want, comedian. A comedian. You're I, not I, even the funniest person in your in your family. Oh, but we're both funny. We're we're funnier than anybody in this room. Girl, I'm hands down funny. Nobody believes that, but um, you believe. You know it's true. Like, I just don't like, let loose like on you, this. You're sympathy. This you're sympathy funny. Sympathy. Like he's like, ha ha. I want to laugh because he's a cool person. I don't want to hurt his feelings. That's why people laugh at you. But <laughs> but you're not like funny funny like. You that's got that. You I got see that. why you don't talk to him like yeah. during the week. So like, you got that. No, but I, I, I love laughter and I love making people laugh. But I don't want to get booed because I like I, I <laughs> like fight everybody in the crowd. So, but a detective, like I think it's fun. But I watch The Wire and I know they get shot at. So you would also be like Denzel on Training Day. Like you'd be yeah. riding your white partner no, around no. talking about. I didn't know you like to get wet. <clears throat> First of all, I would be a dirty cop. I'll put that out there. <laughs> if I pulled you over. And look, just give me. Do you have ten thousand dollars in weed on you? Like you right. have weed, just give me the weed. Give me your money. I don't want all hey, of it. Go on. Like, give me a quarter of what you get. Yeah, like I would be a dirty cop. Like you could pay me, and I'll turn the other way. There's a lot of money in dirty cop. Yeah, like yeah. I mean, I'll be that dirty cop. cop they be like, I got cops in my payroll. That'd be me. You'd be right there. <laughs> That'd be me. They'd be talking specifically yeah. about Nick. <laughs> but like, I always wanted to hold a gun to somebody's face and say, "Give me a reason." That's like, messed up, dog. Like, I can't even like ride with that right now. Like, I just want to say, give me a reason. Shut up and give me a reason. And then read them their Miranda rights. That's, that's kind of a goal of mine. Mm. All right. So this has been <laughs> not, not rocking with that. the seventh episode of the Haters of Lovers podcast. Uh, I want to thank my boy Purdy for unexpectedly coming through and doing Appreciate a great job through, with us. Thank you for uh young Lucky Lefty for hosting us at his his abode, and uh, this is your boy, Russell, signing off. Thank you. I hope I didn't ruin your podcast. <laughs>